Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Infinity Film Podcast. Coming at you from all over the world today. Exciting stuff. Me, myself, in North Carolina, as always. But uh, Rod, good buddy, co-host, where, where are you coming coming live from in this recording? Pandora. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> I am in uh, out of the country. I am in Aruba for a family vacation for the week with the family. Cool. Um, I am proud of the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, not a sponsor, for having good Wi-Fi. So perhaps to you guys for getting your Wi-Fi, get, getting your Wi-Fi so we can do this podcast today, Ben. Good, good. Ritz-Carlton. I like their uh, their crackers a lot. So, yep, shout out to them. Yes, that's what the Ritz-Carlton zone for, their crackers. Okay. <laughs> yes. And <laughs> uh, returning guest from the big state of Texas, we got Tyler with us. How you doing today? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm coming to you from uh, Robert Rodriguez's basement. I'm locked up, and uh, I need some help. So if you know where his house is, please uh, come save me. And uh, I haven't eaten or have water in three days, and I'm struggling right now. I have All a right. Coke Zero in my hand here, so uh, you know. Cheers, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so we are all here to talk about the latest uh james cameron feature one of just a few over uh long many years because he takes a while to to put these together but this is 2022's avatar the way of water so first off we'll be talking about our thoughts on the original 2009 film briefly and then getting into the the main topic so are we ready you want to start off rod yeah, yeah. Let's just let's just like you said, let's just kick it off talking about our overall thoughts about the original film. If we have any fond memories of seeing it in theaters and kinda I missed the re release. I didn't do the re release back in September. I know Tyler did, so Tyler when it's your turn. Um and when Robert Robert lets you speak, I will let you uh talk about your experience with that. Uh so yeah, the first Avatar is a film that I think gets a little too much hate, Ben. I think you and I kind of like we've talked about it before. I personally think it's it's a good movie, not a great movie. I think it's a good movie. No spectacular visuals, solid performances. I think Stephen Lang was kind of my standout cast wise, but yeah, the visuals, the 3D, I mean, top notch. I mean, especially 2009, Ben. I mean, that was a crazy, crazy time. I think though, when you go back and revisit it, Ben, I kind of feel like man, this really is a Better than I thought it was. Maybe because I I don't revisit it enough then, but like it's it's a pretty damn good movie. Um, and I think just kind of spoiling my thoughts on the second one, I think this movie kind of enhances the first movie a little bit too, for my for myself speaking at least. I don't know if you know yourself and Tyler feel the same way or people listening. So yeah, I, overall I genuinely enjoyed that first one. When I finally bought it on Blu-ray, Ben, uh, I got the like the Walmart like extended cut. The, the Blu-ray cut, like a f- like three plus hours of uh, footage, and I remember watching it in college with some of my roommates, and I fell asleep. Um, <laughs> so it was way too long. Sort of like Way of the Water, but we'll get to that in a little bit. But yeah, overall, very solid movie. Very very solid first film. All right, so we'll go to me. Yeah, so that original saw it in theaters, 3D, and quite enjoyed it, but not one that I had gone back to at all actually, until last week for a, a rewatch before seeing the new one. And yeah, it definitely holds up the, with the visuals. There's 
a few of the creatures that looked a little uh wonky i guess with 2022 eyes but you know the the landscape the world and the blue people themselves still looked fantastic after all these years so that was cool to see and yeah i have kind of same same thoughts as you that the it's the, the story is not the best <laughs> it's it's pretty straightforward but going into that world that James Cameron created is uh is pretty cool and pretty fun so yeah good i think too just like him kind of learning the ways of the navi that's like one of the most interesting parts to me about the film or just like him learning the ways their ways and you know him kind of him and the theories you know them building up to what they eventually become at the end it always cracks me up when uh i think it's Tsute from the first film he's like you made it with this man she's like yeah <laughs> i always love that part so but yeah yeah i didn't mean to interrupt him sorry no good yeah uh zoe Saldana might be my standout i guess from from that first one yeah, but she's excellent in that first movie yeah her her and steven lang are really good um i haven't seen sam worthington and a whole lot of other stuff uh to to compare but he's all right and then of course sigourney weaver uh queen of sci-fi is uh is really good so she uh yeah she's another standout too sam worthington this is like the perfect role for sam worthington because like he's not the greatest actor in the world yeah <laughs> he's kind of like a joel edgerton light like i think joel edgerton's a better actor but yeah. Sam, like you give them the right material they mm-hmm. can shine in that role and sam worthington for whatever reason just shines in this role where we can't even see his face so i mean i take that for what it's worth but uh, yep. tyler why don't you go ahead and share your thoughts man because i know you are a big 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 avatar fan yeah um i did not start that way for me at least um you know the movie came out in 2009 as we all know um i was in middle school i think at that time only to say is like I just remember being in the car and hearing about it and blah blah blah. It's great this, yeah, this, blah, blah, blah. And I was just heard a bunch of noise and didn't really know what to think about it. And I say all that to say when I could finally watch the movie, um, it was on my phone. And I was in it like thirty minutes and I was expecting to be wild because it was the biggest movie of all time because of uh, the box office and the technology and everything. But I'm watching it on my phone. Uh, which was like, I don't know, what what would the phone be at that time? Like the iPhone 6 or something? Blackberry, no, the, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I watched it on the Blackberry. Really? And it was, <laughs> it was the, literally the most garbage experience I could ever choose to watch a film. And um, Cameron would, punch, was, would, would punch you in the face if he, if he found out that you were uh, watching his movie for the first well, time he, on, the, on your he, phone. He, he would be proud of my evolution. Because what happened later was uh, in 2020, I decided to give the film another shot. Um, I didn't even finish the film until at that point. And then as I was older at that time and I had different experiences at that time, I appreciated film more at that time. But moreover, I just was, you know, captured by the world and everything that was thrown at me. And um, I just bought into the entire film. Um, it was simple, but I didn't really need anything complicated. It was definitely what a epic film can and should be, where it's um, got normal story beats, but it is in a world and an environment 
that we have never seen before. That part is much definitely original. And I'll be honest, is uh, I didn't really get to the heights of loving the film until I saw the re-release. And with the re-release, what that entailed was it was an updated 4K, also IMAX Real 3D, but it was updated with uh, HDR, high dynamic range, and also some sequences, not as much as the sequel, but some sequences were uh, updated to be um, 48 frames per second. And for those who are listening, if you don't know what that means, most movies are within 24 frames per second. That's a normal flow and rate you're used to watching a film. 12 or 8 might be what you might be seeing on a football game or something like that on TV. Uh, but 48 is something different entirely. And watching that movie and seeing it the way that it's supposed to be in an updated, remastered format to a fairly good level. And it was my first time seeing that movie in IMAX, first time seeing it in theaters. And it was only then it clicked to me that that is the way to watch the movie. And for me, and especially when we get to the sequel, like we, we like to say, oh, there's updated visuals, it's greater technology and stuff like that. But we don't know what that means until we actually see it. And by seeing it, we realize what uh, what New Heights cinema can be brought to. And you look back at his track record, like James Cameron has been looking for that his entire career. And watching it in the re-release, I completely saw it. I completely got it. And it was just something where I was drawn in back in 2020 on my simple TV and watching it on the big IMAX screen in 3D, I it just was amplified for me. Um, and we could sit here and talk about how the story is not the greatest or simple, and it's not really original because you could point at Fern Gully or Dances with Wolves or Pocahontas or something like that. But to be honest with you, it makes sense that he would do that the first time around or that you would want to do that time around because... You look at how much money it made globally, everywhere, especially in a country like China. But that just means how much that movie resonated with people all over the world and how much people got it and were understanding it and could see it over and over again. And it wasn't something that went over their heads or anything like that. It resonated with just about anybody. And to do that is a rare feat. Not just the technological aspect, but just knowing as a director what you need to do to get people on board. And I feel like he really did that. And not to mention that when he wrote this movie originally, it was in 1995. Totally different time of him as a writer and everything. And like speaking from my own experience, when I go back off of work I worked on a long time ago, it's not the best content because it's a bunch of stuff that I wrote at a different point in life and at a different skill set and everything. But regardless, I think the film works. Um, I think Sam Worthington is able to be comfortable in the role because he's not seen. He doesn't have to worry about what he looks like or he has to be the tough Marine all the time. Or he is that, but he's also a different character. And I feel like it just gives an actor more freedom. Some may not like it because, you know, they're in gray suits and there's just white walls and everything everywhere. And it's hard to, you know, understand what 
do emerge themselves into the scene. But, um, you know, seeing it from all the actors, especially in the sequel, uh, everybody just felt comfortable and into the scenes and into their characters. You know, you mentioned Zoe Saldana and Sigourney Weaver and Sam Morganton, Stephen Lang, but you also got Wes Duty and, um, dang, I forget his name, but he's in The Boys. He plays uh, Sute. Uh, he's a really great actor and he does a great job in this film. But, oh, wait, is, it, is, is he in The Boys? Really? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, shit. Yeah, he's, uh, hold on. All right, Sute's my favorite character now. Blaz Alonzo? Mm hmm. Sute? Yep. Yes. And I forgot too. Oh. Rewatching yeah. Joel David Moore, who I, that's one guy I always recognize his face, but not his name. And uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Giovanni Ribisi. Rodriguez is really good in the movie too, actually. I got to give her credit. She, I like yeah, her yeah, this. Yeah. Yeah. Laz Alonzo, who's uh, with uh, Carl Urban's group and uh, the boys. Yeah. He's Sute. Mother's Milk. Mother's Milk. But anyway, um, that uh, all to say is um, I think the movie at its time might be overrated, but over time it's overhated. I think it is definitely a film to look at where there is a good balance of simplicity and complexity in two different areas that come to make a movie that resonates to all audiences. And I got to I got to uh, applaud james cameron to do that because i don't know anybody else who's able to do that for sure okay. yeah you know and to add on to that point tyler too like i going to animal kingdom last year and doing the pandora section um you know riding those rides i think that actually kind of helped my excitement <laughs> a little bit for the way of yeah. water as well just because the uh and not been what's the ride called again flight, flight of, of passage or yeah flight of passage yeah, not the Patriots of Mary Sharon, Ben. Flight, flight of... Flight <laughs> of <laughs> yeah, the flight of, flight of Passage, I think it's called. Pretty sure. That sounds right. I don't know. I could be wrong. But yeah, it's a very immersive ride. It kind of like sucks you into that world very, very quickly. And like the whole ride, too, Ben, I mean, we talked about it before. Like even the queue, just to get yeah. into the line, is a lot of fun. Like a lot of queues now are boring as hell. Uh, with this queue in particular, it's just a lot of fun. Disney gets back into their fast pass though, but I can't. I hate winning a line. I really do. <laughs> and I'll spoil a rich kid, you know, first world problems. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I don't know about it. Did that did because you've you've written the ride as well. Did that help at all? Oh yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, the the water ride, not so much, but no, God, it's okay. Don't, don't remind me of that goddamn ride. <laughs> not the Disney's not a sponsor, but yeah, that that ride and that queue, like you said, is is really really cool. That water, that that boat ride is just a rim off of Pirates of the Caribbean in all the worst ways. It, uh, sweet Jesus! The coolest part is right at the end where the that one of the avatars is playing the drums, and there's yeah. like several arms going. I'm like, oh, how'd they do that? And then yeah, the octopus play the drums from Aquaman. Right, yeah. correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> one of the Navi. Yes, correct, Navi. sir. One of the Navi. Yes, thank you, thank you. What they're called the Navi? I thought it was just a bunch of Blue Man Group. I thought it was just like all their families. I thought it was just the family of the Blue Man Group, Tyler. Um, well, they inspired. I mean, the blue men just look uh, like a bunch of creepers, where the <laughs> Navi look like a bunch of blue cats. So there's a difference there. <laughs> okay, let's not go off on a tangent here. Let's <laughs> let's. We've been waiting 13 years for the way of water, and it's finally here. Tyler Bear and I have talked about it before. We were both kind of like 
that first trailer was yes, yeah, it was okay. It was an announcement trailer, right? It was yeah, okay. All right, we gotta get back in this world, get us hyped. All right, cool. Yeah, I was sold on that second trailer that came out. I think it was early November it came out, or late October, somewhere around there. I was sold on that trailer and the last trailer that came out. It's like two weeks before the film came out. So yeah, those last two trailers really sold me on the film. Um, the reviews were about what I expected, and. The three-hour runtime concerned me. That was my biggest concern, Tyler, going into this was the three-hour runtime. I, I don't care if movies, I don't care if movies three hours, but can you justify it for being three hours? So, you know, my hype going into this, Tyler and Ben, was excited but with caution, I would say. Um, And leaving the theater, I will say I had a much better time than I expected to have. And I wanted to make sure because, you know, Ben, I did the whole IMAX thing. So we got like the Mission Impossible exclusive and the Oppenheimer trailer and the um, Creed, first like a Creed, and they were showing all the yeah. trailers. Um, Jealous. And then for Monday morning, for all those things drop. So, you know, that was great. <laughs> yeah, um, all the hype. Yeah, so all the hype going into it. Um Issues aside, because I have a couple of issues with the film. I think this is a vastly superior film to the first. I think the children are the MVPs of this movie, aside from the visuals. The children are the absolute best part about this movie. Because um, each are kind of, they're, they're different in their own way. Well, I love that whole, see, Vin Diesel, this is how you do family right. Okay, this is how, this is how you really do a movie about family. And there's a couple of really good emotional moments, especially a point in the third act where I, man, I I started bawling. Um, I did not expect to start crying that much at an Avatar movie, but I did. Well, it's the way of water. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't the tears. water. No, it wasn't no. the water. Nope, yeah. had nothing to do with the water. But yes, we may speak on the water, the visuals, everything. Like the one, I don't know if it, how you guys feel like when the movie first started. I was like, okay, I mean, it looked great. I'm very impressed. Then when I got to the water stuff, I was like, oh, shit. This is what everyone's talking about. Because I thought I was swimming with the Navi, man. I, I, I Seriously, I started doing the freestyle. I felt like back in my swim team days, I was... Cameron did it, man. He did it. He made it worth the wait. I'm very, very impressed. I, ben, I just don't know if it's going to end up in my top 10 of the year right now. I don't. And I say that because the issues I have with this movie are still pestering after two screenings. So, um, Tyler, I will go to you next. Kind of your overall non-spoilerly thoughts on The Way of Water. Um, well, okay, time's up. Ben, to... next. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for having me for the podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. All right. Um, I'm back. So um, after that rude interruption... Hey, it's only brought by <laughs> concentration, dude. You jerk. <laughs> Freaking asshole. It's Anyways, the way so, of water, Tyler. It's the way of water. It's way of up yours. That's what <laughs> Anyway, so uh anyway, for me with the movie, um, I've only seen it thus far in IMAX 3D. Um, I want to watch it again. Um I don't really want to see it in any other way. Mostly just because of, well, I'll get to that in a minute, but basically just general thoughts. Um, I agree with you. I definitely think it's a vastly superior sequel to the original. 
Um, how I would rate the original film definitely has dropped um, compared to this one. I, I mean, that's what a good sequel does. Not necessarily saying the, that one's bad and this one's good. It's just, you know, if you can do better, you do better. And that's just um, how it goes sometimes. And um, And that's really what a sequel should be. That's what a sequel should do. Um, um, a sequel should definitely be adding more to the first, adding more to the world, adding more to the characters, adding more to the story. And it absolutely did that in every which way. For me, I was hooked from beginning to end. Um, I didn't really have, there was like some nitpicks, but I mean, who doesn't have a nitpick about any movie? And uh, I don't. <laughs> anyway, go on, Tyler. Go on. Then can you mute this guy? I know he's your co-host. But... Will do. <laughs> um, oh, dang it. Anyway, so anyway, um, but you know, this movie really, I agree with you. The kids really brought it together, but um, it's really just, I feel like James Cameron finally understood what, the important story should be for the film. Uh, I saw the Variety director to director video with him and Robert Rodriguez, uh, James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez, and um, they're both great friends and they worked on films with each other. And uh, James Cameron was talking about, and I mentioned it earlier, where he was at one point when he wrote the first film and then where he was now when I'm writing into this film and how he brought a lot of uh, his experiences as a father and everything. And you definitely felt that with the uh, tension that Jake Sully now has as a father, where he is as Turok Mungtao, and going from that to just being an old, gruff, you know, cranky old man um, with um, children of very different personalities and walks of life, and they all have different roles, and you're, you're hooked into it since the beginning um and uh i didn't really think i was going to be interested in the human character of the group um but his story they did a really good job and um that got me hooked in that part with the villain um i was more interested in the villain in the villain in this film than i was in the first film just because there was just a little more going on with it um character development wise and um i gotta say for me this film as somebody who wants to be a filmmaker in the future this movie just kind of showed me for the first time i think of where we can go forward and um this film is um earlier i said that the re-release of the original was 48 frames per second and some sequences. This movie was over 48 frames per second and you can kind of tell that from the get-go where you're like, oh, that looks different. That's not what I'm used to seeing. But you get to see it more and more and you kind of realize that how it moves and everything just feels that much more real and there's more dimension to it. And maybe some of it works, some of it doesn't, but this is the first of its kind. And I got to appreciate that, you know, what they're able to accomplish with so much time um, given into the project. And I will say you could definitely feel every cent and every minute put into the film and all aspects here. Um, out of it, I was just 
going gaga over everything. It was one of my opinion and just mine alone, whether Rod wants to interrupt me again or not. Um, I think it's one of his best, just the sheer magnitude of what he was able to accomplish in this movie. And for me, it might be in my top, if not the tip of the top of uh, this year for me, um, because it just checked all the boxes I was looking for. Yeah, I agree with a, a lot of that. Um, the the innovation is astounding for yeah all the new techniques or, or even just building on what he'd done, you know, in 2009 and, and other films we've seen since, but yeah, the, the visuals were incredible. That was one of the highlights uh, from this movie as well for me. And even following the camera, it, it, certain action scenes lasted longer than they normally would for a lot of action movies. I think one I always go back to is the, the, boat at the end and you get to see it crash and the people on it fly off the boat which is usually i feel like not it's just a quick cutaway right after that after it explodes or whatever but i don't know stuff like that is is really interesting and added to the runtime of course but still still cool so yeah the so yeah sticking with positives the the acting was really good again from everyone especially the kids we've said that they they were all really good. It did take me quite a bit to get used to seeing um, Kiri, but hearing Sigourney Weaver's voice, and I would just picture her. I'm not gonna lie, that happened to me too. But yeah. I think just because, like, if you go in and you don't even know who she is, or you don't right. even think about who it is, then it's different. Mm-hmm. So because like we're using our movie brains, and we're like Sigourney, yeah, <laughs> huh? Yep, I've seen Ghostbusters enough times to <laughs> pick up on that voice quick, but uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, once you get into the the characters and they kind of get more um, screen time and everything, especially when they get to the the water world, <laughs> then uh, that that kind of went away. Um, yeah, visuals, all the acting, the the music was good. You know, for both these movies, it doesn't stand out particularly to me too much uh maybe on a rewatch it you know focus more on on music but um sound design i guess this is really good with explosions and everything yeah like you said also with the story vastly superior (laughs) to the first both you said which i i definitely agree with i i had a well i enjoyed that first one a lot a lot in theaters but i feel like this one i was uh i was laughing a lot too and caring more about more of the characters um so and i i didn't i didn't get to the point of shedding a tear at the end but it it did affect me and i didn't think it would you know pull up my heartstrings like like that um so yeah and then there's there's some story elements kind of negatives that we'll get into but then there there's several that are good and the spending time with the kids learning the way of water and that that nation there was probably my favorite part and all the yeah all the things they learn and go through uh and then building on their characters and everything was really interesting um 
I just wanted to, I forgot to mention this earlier, but in the re-release at the end of it, there was a sneak peek for uh, this film, For the Way of Water. Okay. And it was that sequence when they were initially going into the water and they're starting to dive. And um, I saw that for for the first time. And like, it was like, I agree with you. It was one, like, that's when you really see the beauty of it because there's like some imagery and stuff that were used from the first film with the forests and all that um i would say like the in the beginning nope we're not getting spoilers i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> but um well it's not really a spoiler as much as like there's like a beginning where uh, ships start to land and you see the fires just like grow out and you just see the nature and everything just eviscerate yeah um like that was that got my attention but like um like you were saying, like Rod is saying, like once you see the beauty of the reefs and all the different water creatures on Pandora, like that, that that's where the money is. That's where all the beauty is. Yep. Yeah, the, the creatures are really cool too. Um, there's a lot of, I guess in the first one, a lot of deadly ones and then the the banshees, right? We're kind of the, the main ones that they, they rode on. Oh yeah, people. Yep. Acrom. Okay. Um but here, yeah, we I mean we get that whale. <laughs> we get I don't know the names with the other uh Barracuda the Dragonfly. Hon. Yep, okay. Um yeah, there there are several creatures that were cool cool design and had you know kind of semi important characters or, or use in the uh in the story too, so that was cool. Um yeah. Any other general oh. positives we have? Um, I just have one more and I'll shut up. And that's uh, one of my favorite addition to the cast that isn't the family or anything. Just a supporting character was Cliff Curtis as the chieftain of uh, the Medicina of the uh, one of the water tribes, if you want to call them that, one of the island tribes. Uh, I mean, you don't even know it's Cliff Curtis, but it doesn't matter. He just has such a presence um, as an actor that he just like he just steals every scene from me because every time I see him, I'm just like, that's a badass. That's cool. Yeah. Um, like he just has a presence of just as a leader, as a chieftain, of just gaining the respect and eye and ear of anybody who is around him. He has one of my favorite quotes too when the uh Jake and family first arrive and he's debating and he's like, All right, we'll we'll take him in. Um, but he says he doesn't want them to suffer from the burden of being useless and looks at Jake right in the eye and he's like, Okay, yeah, I get it. Uh yeah, that was that was a really good scene. So yeah, I didn't even know several of the the actors the new actors that were involved until seeing the credits and kind of looking up afterwards. Um, I had, I remember hearing Kate Winslet was in it, but I couldn't even, I mean, I had a guess like who it was uh, watching the movie, but, but yeah, see, seeing afterwards and behind the scenes stuff, it was, it was cool to pick out who was who. So Rod, anything else? Uh, no, not really. I, you know, I did one screening in IMAX 3D. And then I did the other one in uh, just regular 2D because I wanted to make sure I felt the same way just viewing it just on a regular format. Mm -hmm. um, and for myself personally, there's not 
yeah, 3D is definitely the way to go, but I still got that emotional hook because the family dynamic was so strong and poignant in this movie. So, um, you know, not a, a big drop off in terms of quality overall. We, when you talk about that stuff, um, we can go ahead and get into spoilers now, though, guys. Let's go ahead and move into spoilers. Um, so, so Tyler doesn't have to, you know, tiptoe around certain elements anymore. Um, I kind of just want to go to the very beginning. This is where one of my issues starts. The film is a bit rushed when it starts. I was like, holy crap, we're just kind of going from here to here to here to here to here to here. Okay. And it's, it doesn't take you out of the film. I think just watching it for the first time, it caught me off guard because like it's a it's a bit of a, you know, we're catching up with the silly family, what Jake and the Terry have been up to and all this stuff. And then, oh, oh the Sky people are back. Like, wait, 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 wait hold on. Weren't Jake and the Terry just on a date night? And now all of a sudden the Sky people are back. And right. you know, I think they kind of just like, you know, they kind of. Yeah, they're. They're on Netflix and chilling, and then the Sky people came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no Netflix and, uh, and yes. Pandora, Tyler. Yeah, they go, go, go ahead and say what they were doing. They were doing dirty. We can, we can say. Oh, it. okay. Yeah, they they're were doing, doing dirty with their. They're doing dirty with their tails and their <laughs> their dreads. Connecting hair and stuff. Yeah, they uh. show Natiri pregnant, uh, shooting the arrow and stuff that I think was in the trailer. And uh, pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie, actually, I was like, that's pretty badass. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And then. Um, he's like, and then we had four kids, and I was like, whoa, <laughs> yeah, it definitely moves quick. Um, so yeah, like that's of all the kids, though. I, you know, I'll say that when we get the performances, but like this film does a really good job with, and even though I have problems with how it fast it starts, it does a really good job of like getting you hooked immediately on all of these children. Like you just fall in love with this family this dynamic so freaking easily so freaking quickly i definitely I just, feel like though sorry sorry i let you go ahead no 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 i, I i've interrupted you twice already tyler you go ahead oh thanks man appreciate it sure um but anyway uh <laughs> screw you anyway <laughs> but uh yeah so for me the no, i'm just kidding i'm just what, kidding <laughs> but based on what you were saying like i totally get that for sure but i think if you're gonna have a feeling like that, I would rather have it in the first five minutes. Um, it's definitely in that. It's not like it lasts. I'm not saying like you should, but I'm saying if you if you were to have that problem, I'd rather have it at that point rather than at some point in the movie where everything else feels. He like basically it said, "Rock, get over it." <laughs> no, but um, uh, I definitely see what you're saying for sure because there's a lot of it's a time it's a time jump, and when there's a time jump. Uh, it's hard to kind of navigate that sort of thing. And um, there's a lot of events that happen. There's a lot of characters that are introduced, um, especially when you're catching up with uh, Steve, Stephen Lang's character and where he's at or a version of him, um, which I can tell that's one of your other uh, <laughs> nitpicks. Um, at first, yes, because like his, especially his introduction when he comes back, he's like, we're not in Kansas. I was like, wait, hold on. Am I having deja vu, or is this exactly what happened in the first movie? I don't know if you guys yeah. felt that same way. I was like, wait, what the hell is happening right now? Did someone put on Avatar 1? <laughs> yeah, I kind of felt that way a little bit. But after that, for me at least, I, I don't know. I just kind of caught on with what's going on. And I saw that uh, that uh, Stephen Lang looked older than the first film. 
So he did, definitely play. Right. I liked his character progression as the film went along. I just wish they went a bit deeper. I felt like there could, there was more there to sure. explore with that with him. I do, I and, do too. Yeah, I do too. Um, because it definitely doesn't take time to really explain. It just kind of like gives you like one sentence, and it's like okay, moving on. Right. Here's uh, this guy you may remember from the first movie, but probably not. That got crushed by a hammerhead rhino, and then here's this person and this person. Like, there's like two characters. He's like. You're this, you're this person, you're this person. I'm like, I have no idea who those people are. <laughs> yeah, for real. Like the film like makes you think like, yeah, you you're supposed to know that guy and that guy. I'm like, what the fuck are these clowns? Uh, pick them up from Costco or something. Well, I don't know these people. I don't care. I don't care. They're they were gonna die no matter what. I didn't I didn't care. Yeah, I think they all died. So yeah, you're right. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, the bringing Lang I mean, I like Stephen Lang and and his character. I, I bought on somewhat to it, but I I don't know. I felt like it was a little too much because it was a lot of repeating from the first film. Sure, yeah. So I guess a, a pro is that we already know the um, you know contention between the two characters, I guess. But then, yeah, it just felt like it was uh, kind of a repeat of, I guess, the second half of the first film. And um, his <laughs> main goal as this avatar and not actually you know, uh, was it Korich, that original guy, was just to yeah. have revenge on, on Jake Sully. So I was like, well, <laughs> and that was the, the main, you know, villain and, and through fair of the movie. So, yeah. that. But um, for me, when I was watching it, um, I agree with y'all up to the point where we find out that Spider, who is one of the adopted <laughs> children into the family, um, for me, at least, Rod, uh, this character, um, it brought a little more dimension to what was going on with uh, Korch, because mm-hmm. we find out that Korch was his dad. No, and there's no, this I like that part, Taylor. That... I like how they did that. I just don't like the actor who played Spider. I thought he was just okay. Okay. I get that. not good. I get, I get that for sure. But um, I, There's I a lot of, whoa, what? Yeah. yeah. Don't do that. Hey. Stop. Stop. I'm wearing a mask 90% of the time. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like how like later everybody's gotta learn the breathing techniques. He's like, oh good, I got a scuba. <laughs> like it's just like yeah. this freaking guy. But anyway, um, for real. I liked that element because it made me think throughout the entire movie. I'm like, ooh, what is this gonna be going forward? How is this gonna change? Uh, his relationship with the family. How is this going to happen in the next movie, or something like that? And you see, you brought up a good point on it because they they did something in this movie that's going to get explored. I feel, especially in part three with him and Atiri, yep. that I hope gets explored in the next movie because that tension. I do too. Was I? I liked what Cameron did there. I just, I'm, and I'm glad Me he too. saved it. Not that it, it is, because she was, but she was going to kill him. She was yeah. going to kill him. In the beginning, they kind of laid it out that the Terry never really accepted him into the clan. She never really thought of him as one of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he definitely felt that pay off later on, especially what happens to Natan. And like that, I feel like they did a really good job of setting that up because of like how he, his role was with uh as a 
brother with Loak, you just felt like there was just a thread there that was just being pulled tighter and tighter, tighter, and it was eventually going to break. And um, when it did, um, that affected all the characters all the way through. Yep. Um, you could tell that there some that it's not going to be the same. Nope. No, but, I. Um, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't either. I'm trying. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. You're good. I'm done. Go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to just add on to your point. Like, that was the part where I started bawling was when he died. Because um, he actually, my buddy, I saw him pointing out to me, he's like, he died very similarly to how Lorna Weaver's character died. They both got shot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, I didn't even think about that. But this stuff impacted me more than when she died. And I think it's just because, like, I was going back and saying in the beginning, like, the family dynamic, that whole group, you just, you just feel that, that, you know, that theme of family and just them as a family just worked. And so when he did die, yeah, it hurt and it affected me greatly. Like I did, I wasn't expecting it to. Um, I do think though, just going back to Spider real quick, like I, I did like that character and kind of the dynamic between him and his father. But like I said, the actor, I just it maybe because he's brand new, and so I'm gonna give him a pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but I. I hope he gets better. I hope he's better in the third film. The third film's already done shooting, I think, or it's 90% done. So, yeah, um, they're already working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, fingers crossed. I'm going to hold my judgment until I see part three because part three can come out and he could be the one of the best things about the movie. So, I'm going to hold my, my judgment on that one. But, you know, going back to Stephen Lang, too, another thing that upset me about this movie and what it did was when he, when they go up to go fly those creatures, right? They mm-hmm. made it like a big point when Jake, when the tear was training Jake, like, you know, let them, you know, like, you know, feel, you know, like heart and all that stuff. He's just like, they did kind of rush like, oh, motherfucker, you gonna, I'm gonna let you, <laughs> come on now, let's go. I'm like, are we just like forgetting some of the rules here? I mean, Tyler, help me out here. Am I wrong for thinking that way? I, I no, but um, I haven't seen it a second time, so. But I think when I first watched it, it felt a little quick. But I, I guess it was because in the first movie, you know, we got time for Jake to kind of feel it out with, with him. Like, immediately, there was one that was like, yo, bro, you want to fight? And they were already, like, throwing hands and everything. So I was just like, okay, I guess sometimes it's quicker than others. But it did feel out of nowhere. And, you know, they didn't have the thing to... um wrap around the the mouth so it doesn't bite you and all that and um i definitely pick which scene with those creatures and that initiation process was better it definitely point to the original but um i think the point of that scene was more so just because of the um, really seeing how the villain was becoming more like the navi and uh that impending doom of uh you know there's less and less that uh jake Sully has again that they won't have mm-hmm. and that looming danger coming towards closer i would um we don't have a lot of these kind of villains like stephen lang's character like Korich nowadays i feel like the closest that i can think of is actually years before and that's uh uh, Shaw from um, Tarzan mm. from the uh, Disney film 
And it's like kind of very similar to just like rough and tumble, shoot first, ask question later, um, always having a problem with uh the main character because they have two different philosophies and um uh, of course you you know, no matter how you paint it, one of them is a hunter, the other one is a warrior. Um and uh it definitely had that you know, the hunter's getting closer and closer and closer to its prey. But I mean, I get it. It that seemed kind of so fresh, but it didn't really matter because right after that we got back into um what's going on with them with uh the Medicaina and it was really cool. Um one of my favorite parts from that to transition to that real quick is I'm just gonna get to it is the whales, the tokun and what they did with all that and um how these tokun are, you know, not just animals, they have sentience to them. And um it's really it was really cool to see that, especially initially when it's Loak, the second oldest, um, who was getting punked by those assholes um who uh left him to be and then uh he was getting hunted by basically uh, a Mosasaur until the whale showed up. But that whole sequence was really cool, I think. Uh seeing that action sequence underwater really got you to feel not only the power of these creatures underwater, but also of like, no matter how skilled he might be as a swimmer now, he, he still kind of felt the weight of um, the water in there and how he, no matter what, no matter how much he tries, there's still a limit to his abilities. But uh, I, I really, it was at that point that I liked, I truly bought the bond that these people had with the environment around them, which is what I liked about the first film too, is that there's, it's not just quote unquote tree huggers do this. Like there is a nature, there's a relationship, there is a coexistence and something greater shared with these living beings that is, you know, richer than just resources that um can make you live forever apparently um um and or this metal that helps make anything or anything like that and um i just really like seeing that maybe just because i'm a tree hugger myself but who knows but um um i don't know i just love seeing the, the natural aspects of it and also just the characterizations of these Tolkun and the different characters that they embodied when we saw them. Yeah, that that's a major uh, positive too for me was that that action scene. Uh, going back to that and the I mean the natural life, like you said in general. But um, yeah, that action with the the mosasaur type creature that was chasing him and uh, you know is he going to swim up to the surface or? go down on another reef and try to hide. And that, that was all crazy. I was holding my breath uh, just watching that on land. So uh, definitely exciting. The, the whale story, um, the, the, the one that saved him, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then he's like, Oh, you saved me. We're best friends now. I was like, okay, that's fine. And, and trying to, you know, find his way back home and stuff. Uh, but then he started talking to him. <laughs> and that took me a little 
a little bit out of it. Now, was I? Do I wish that was real? We could talk whale. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and and see back into the past memories uh, was was interesting. But I don't know. That, that's that's more of a, just like a small nitpick. I know because a lot of well, the, really the whole movie is fantastical, I guess. But uh, that was just like a little a little step. <laughs> a little too far. I was kind of. I definitely, yeah. I definitely agree because we. Uh, oh my god! Sorry, my cat is right there, and out of nowhere, he just—I thought he was awake, and then he just face planted into the towel. <laughs> oh no! So he's asleep right now. Um. Anyway, uh, it was just so adorable. But anyway, um, um. Yeah, that that was an element I felt like we'd missed where we didn't get that exposition of that with these whales that they had a sign language and they mm-hmm. communicate with each other and everything. We kind of missed that bit because that was our introduction to the Tilkun. And um, of course, I definitely feel like we should have had it. But every time I think about it, I'm just like, hmm, I wonder if that's a deleted scene that led to a four hour film. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, I'm sure that James Cameron wanted to use every bit of footage he could, but um, I I can't imagine just based off who James Cameron is as a person that he didn't have those details laid out. Because um, I mean, he's making a freaking documentary about uh, Jack, you know, surviving <laughs> on the um, on the door on the door for Titanic. Which I'm like, hey man, if that's how you want to spend the some years of your life go right ahead but um yeah with this i definitely feel like it was rushed but um once we really got to see it a little more especially with other characters it's like oh okay this is established language and communication that they have it's not this random thing but um i definitely felt like there was something missing there for sure um but uh i would say that for me, what I really liked about that was I was just so sucked in what was going on with these characters and how they're going to adapt to this that you're like hoping for some break of, um, especially Loak, of finding somebody who could understand him mm-hmm. and really be there for him. And you got that in this creature. And you're kind of, and that's the first time you see any of these creatures. And so you're at the same time kind of interested of like, wait a minute, what is this? What are they doing? oh, they're cool, there's whatever, there's going to be a relationship with each other. So while it um, definitely has some questions, I like that it had made you think and um, was down on questions because um, it was definitely an interesting point through the film that definitely pays off to a incredible action sequence towards the third act. Um, but um, what do you think, Rod? Do you have anything you want to add to all this? Uh, in regards to the whale story, I half liked it, half didn't. I think everything with the second oldest um son remind me his name again, Tyler. Loak. Yeah, Loak. Uh, Loak, yeah. Loak, yeah. I actually like that because I it, the movie does a good job of setting up as kind of like this outcast, this outsider who's not really accepted by anybody. Um, and so you know the whale too. So I, I bought that relationship pretty quickly. So that him talking to the will and stuff didn't really bother me. Um, it was actually has more to do with 
the villains hunting the whales. There is a gigantic section in this movie where they go and hunt the whales and for money. And it just goes on way too long. And it, honestly, it took me out of the movie for a bit. And I was like, this would have been a good time for that bathroom break right now because it doesn't really further the plot or anything at all. Yeah, um, I know you're. I know you're very uh, particular about the holding your pee through the entire movie. James Cameron gave you the chance, man. He told you to go. What did I tell you, Tyler? I don't give a flying fuck what the hell James Cameron says. What did I tell you, Tyler? He, he's thinking for you, Rod. He knew he, he knew he knew you were going to see it in two D. Second time. Second time he around. Could see, he could see it in the future. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, he needs to uh if if he could see the future, he should have cut out that entire section of the movie because it was just a gigantic, gigantic um that's, momentum that's killer. That's um but the film does a good job of kind of you getting back into it because right after that we get into that gigantic last hour, which is just incredible, one of the best last act of any movie this year. Probably only rivaling Top Gun Maverick for me, honestly. Um, I would agree. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so as far as the whale stuff goes, Tyler, I'm 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 torn. So I like the relationship built, but I think the other stuff they do with them is kind of like, eh. and I, it's kind of like my bigger issue with this whole movie overall. It's just the villains are just they're just dull. It's just they're just dull, 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 dull villains. Um, even yeah. I think worse than the first movie, honestly. Um, and that's just, my biggest disappointment with this movie is just the villains are just bad. Kind of cat and mouse tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I for sure. I I wish it was better, and I don't know if they're setting up some kind of arc with Stephen Lang's character. But I was like, dude, just let this let, let this guy drown. I don't really want to see him again in the third movie. I really don't. But if oh, okay, we're gonna save him. Okay, all right. See you in the third movie, Stephen Lang. But then I remember I think uh, he, he was gonna be in all of the sequels that they do. So I don't know, man. God help us but, all. Um, I definitely see what you're saying there because it's I don't know. Maybe I was just so immersed with what else was going on into the film. But that's what Cameron wanted. That that's what Cameron wanted. That that's true. That's true. He didn't want me to fixate on the uh, stupid Australian dude in the film um, <laughs> because that guy. I agree. He was more annoying than you know necessary. Even Jermaine Clement. I'm just like, are you gonna do what anything? Are you gonna have any purpose here? Are you gonna help? Okay, I guess not. I guess you're just gonna laugh at him and fall out of the boat too. Have fun with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say though that when uh, that stupid boat captain, uh, when he dies and like you see his arm fly satisfying. off, that was, that was fantastic. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was great payoff. But um, I think I, I, I see what you're saying about Stephen Lang at the end. I definitely felt like you should have when Spider was going towards him. I'm like, do you do you need to though? Right. Do you need to though, but yeah. I I'm wondering if that's more so for Spider's development than it is for Stephen. It Lang. is. Because eventually it's going to come out to the Sully family that he saved them and it's going to create some divide within the family. So I see what they did there. Um, it's going to create a divide within the Sully family, probably in the third film. When it's been the whole nine hour cut, you know, I just, yeah, I'm just disappointed with the villains. I mean, it's not like they were all great in the first movie either, but the first sign that the first movie, at least, you know, it was simple enough where you felt threatened by them. Here I was like, yeah. Okay. You know, 
sure. Y'all are terrifying. Oh, I'm so scared. There is one scene though where I did hate them. There, the one scene that when they were burning the other villages down, I that 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 scene worked for me when they started going around building, burning the yeah. villages to finding Jake. Um, that, that stuff did work, but other than that, it was just kind of like, eh. But I don't want to talk too much. Like I, I've talked about like a lot of negatives. I do want to talk about just like the second act kind of slows down when we get to the reef people and we kind of just like explore. I loved everything about that second act. I think the second act is probably my favorite act of the movie, honestly, even though it is slowed down, you know, we're the signal warning. We've gone back to, I, I love, what was it? Is it Kiri? Is that her yeah. name? So, yeah. yeah I, 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 I love what they do with her character <laughs> until the final battle when she's like doing all this, like, you know, the power. And I'm like, did I fall asleep? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, that on. was pretty cool. <laughs> it was cool. I was like, where was this built up to? Did we build up to this? Or did she just magically just start it, having powers? I think it was. I think it was like in the, when when uh, everybody else was like trying to learn. She was always off on her own. Okay. With, okay. Like, she, she was picking up everything quicker. She, she was. was. That's vibing true. with everything a lot more mm-hmm. and uh when she was connecting with creatures she was doing it a lot quicker it seemed like she had a greater connection to awa which was brought into more and more and more throughout the film especially when she uh had a seizure with the tree Dude, um, when that's, she, that scene that scared me yeah that, that was cool me. i was wondering if we were going to get um some con- like uh, some resolution to that I'm glad we're not because I feel like it needs time. Yeah. I think it's something that you can't just rush. You can't just spend 10 minutes. I think there's a lot to it. And if you, and I feel like that's something we're going to get into the third film Um, because there's more going on there than that. Just being a seizure. I'm very interested and hooked more. Like it's less of like me being like, well, you didn't answer this. I'm just like, no, the answer is coming. I just have yeah. to wait. And where it's like, where she's like, what? Where's my dad? And she's like, uh, bye. <laughs> it's just like, got <laughs> out of there. And, um, that was cool. And, um, I gotta say that, um, and another nitpick, and I like to say earlier, I said I had nitpicks, but I was kind of like, you know, playing devil's advocate of just kind of being like, eh, a little side, a little side. Um, because it was like small things to me. But like one thing for me was just like, didn't y'all think about the helicopter coming in and bringing everybody towards you because they were going to be able to track that? Didn't y'all not think about that head first? Okay, so Tyler, I actually, that's kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about I could forgive it. I always kind of just, I kind of let that slide. For me yeah. personally, I, I, it, the thought crossed my mind, but I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll let it slide. Yeah, because it's not a great detail. It's kind of like the other day I rewatched A New Hope, and you know, after they leave the Death Star, and then um, you know, Leia knows that they have a tracker and they're tracking them, but she's like, "Now nah, let's go to the base. Let's not go somewhere else so we could ditch you and then actually make sure the base is safe. Let's just go to the base." But I look back, and I'm like, eh, "It's whatever. That's not the point. Who cares? It's it's fine." Like yeah, there's I mean- a 
there's space dogs and worms and stuff in space with space wizards. It's space. It's weird. I don't care. I mean, it pushed the plot forward. So that's basically what it did. Um, because, you know, it, you had to have some way of Stephen Lang's character finding out where they were. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had to get to that eventually in this three-hour behemoth of a movie. <laughs> yeah, just going back to the second act, though, Ben, like everything, about them just learning the ways, it's very similar to the first movie, and yet yeah. different at the same time. I don't know because I felt more invested this time around in the first movie, but I think I just, I think I just enjoyed, like... It may sound corny like to say this, but like I just like seeing the children learning the ways of like the ways of water and water. <laughs> yeah. Was just much more interesting. Like Jake learned the ways in the first movie. I just like cause these kids have like a sense of wonder and and, and, and interest and intrigue where Jake was like, I gotta do this, this, this. It was you know, it was kind of like an agenda almost a little yep. bit for him at first. Where here it's like, no, we have to do this to survive. You mm-hmm. have to be a part of this clan. So I don't know. It sounds a little corny, but I, that's like I I, I that's just kind of how I feel. Yeah, no, exactly. I agree with that. Um, yeah, like you said, with that added element of you know survival, and this is our home now, so we got to learn this stuff. Um, yeah, I, 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 like you said, I, I love that whole second act with them learning everything and becoming friends slash frenemies with the <laughs> you know the other the other kids. That those kids are dicks too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of them were. Um, it, they did get like <clears throat> the Jake's kids got in trouble like one too many times. It felt like every ten minutes he was like yelling at them, which I know was them learning and progressing. But <laughs> he could have been a little. There were some instances where he, I, I feel like Jake could have been a li- like he was a little too harsh to these kids sometimes. I was like, dude, you can you can turn it down a notch. I get why he's think, that way, right? But I don't know. Like I think it's a mixture yeah. of them always getting into trouble and a mix of you shouldn't have acted this way, but there, but he had that moment with, um, how do you pronounce the oldest, his name again? The, the oldest. Yeah. The one who dies. Yes. And uh, the Tam, the Tam. Yeah. He has a moment with the Tam like, Hey, how's the other guy? <laughs> Pretty bad. I was like, okay, okay. Thank yeah, you. That was really, thank you. Me. But yeah, I, yeah. I just going back to that, Ben, just like that them just learning the ways of water and you know interacting with these creatures learning the ride the animals by the way by the way speaking of the children i have to say this too i think my favorite of the sully children other than probably kiri that little uh tuck took she is so fucking adorable oh my god so adorable when she gets handcuffed like she's like oh my god i can't believe i got handcuffed again i was like (laughs) so good that was great Oh, she's just she's so adorable. With little weapons. Or when they were exploring in the first act of the movie, she's like, Are there dead bodies up there? I can't wait for that character later on. Like it's just gonna be even more fun. You could tell that she's kinda like the heart of the group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like it did um, yeah, so let's just talk about the children. Did anyone like where were you guys? Who are your favorite? It sounds weird to say of the of the Sully children. Like who were your favorites? There we go. I can't pick my favorite child. No, uh, <laughs> they're not mine, so it doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> I yeah. I guess Loak Loak for me with the the most. Uh, well, he's got the biggest arc in the film. 
this arc, yeah. So I was interested in him, his character the most. Tyler? Tyler? Um, I don't know. That's kind of hard. I think Glowak, but it really was what I liked about this movie was like this felt more like his movie than mm-hmm. it did uh, Jake Sully's. Mm-hmm. And like kind of go back to um, his character uh, in this movie and him as a father. Um, I definitely bought into how he. What I loved it was in the beginning when uh, the train scene and everything where they're uh, raiding the train and then yeah. uh, Loak convinces Natam to go down and they almost got killed. And for a minute you're like, oh crap, is he dead? And um, you see Jake just kind of, you know, burst out. And even the tear, he's like, yo, chill. But he's like, I don't, I thought they're, I thought they were dead. And it's just like, oh. And then you kind of bought into it. Like this man is running through anxiety and fear um, on the daily. And he just does not know how to process it yeah. um, as a father. And you're really starting to see that. And I liked that depth and that's why I liked about Jake in this movie as opposed to the first was just that depth but that's not what we're talking about here we're talking about the kids <laughs> Sorry. no 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 that was I mean that's all part of it Tyler I mean I yeah I'm, I'm, that was great what you said that's all part of it so um but um I don't know I think my favorite would be I mean it probably would be Natam because when he died I felt it the most uh-huh. And, um, you know, I was locked with him all the way throughout. Um, I like he had my attention all the way through and how he was trying to be the good brother, but also, well, the good brother to his dad, but he was also trying to be the good brother to his um, younger brother and everything. And um, you could tell that while he didn't have the most say, you could see him just trying his best and um really trying to navigate it too in some ways navigating as a leader a little bit better than his own father at times yeah he has moments of showing that he could potentially be a better leader than jake i think there were a couple times where it's like no jake would have probably done this better but i mean that's just part of growing up being a kid right um you know and Jake kind of goes through his own arc here too of like, you know, why are we running? We need to stay and fight, protect the people, do this, do this, do this. And him choosing to run. And, you know, he learns that, of course, he learns that lesson at the very end about like, you know, very cheesy last line there, but it worked for the film because it was kind of a theme going throughout um, about like, you know, I can't run to protect this family by fighting, you know, all that stuff. I It's fine. Corny delivery. But it was in the same ending too, the same final shot of him <laughs> opening his eyes. I was like, God yeah. damn it, James Cameron. Yeah. This is gonna be a theme here. It's like an Get ready. Because we're gonna say uh, it three more times. <laughs> <laughs> that that was a little cheesy, I guess, but I, I did like the part when I guess kind of similar to that, when um the the family's about to leave from <laughs> the the fight, I guess, the ship with uh with Quaritch on it. And then he was says, I don't know what he said, the colonel. He's like, We're we're gonna meet again or something. And Jake stops, he's like, All right, well then let's end it. And he turns around. Uh, <laughs> dude, honestly, like my fear, great. like someone in my fear was like trying to clap, like oh, to get great. the audience going. Yeah, yeah. Just like, let's get it done. I was like, let's Fuck yeah, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> that was so, cool. Yeah, no, that was a that was a really cool moment. Um, um what was our favorite 
um, action sequence. There's a, a lot of action going on, and we could say the one big battle, but like, what was y'all's favorite moment? Oh, I mean, yeah, I kind of want to talk about that. Like, the whole last hour is just nonstop because uh, it takes place at day and night. I mean, it's just one long, continuous battle. I yeah, mean, that's something I really enjoyed was the fact they didn't call it night, they call it the eclipse because they live on a moon. I like that mm-hmm. little detail. And then yeah. you just saw it too. I'm like, that's cool. That's some dune shit right there. That's cool. I think what makes that last act so good too, because you know you can have a last act and I mean look at train like I I, I love the first and the third Transformers movies, but you know you those Transformers movies have big, gigantic third acts, but you don't feel the stakes. Top Gun Maverick, you feel the stakes. Again, with Avatar Way of the Water, you feel the stakes. Why? Because you love this family. You love the people around them. You care for them. You've been invested all three hours, and it pay, it's going to pay off in this gigantic last 45 minutes, 45 to 60 minutes. And that's why this third act is so freaking incredible, is because you actually feel that threat of these kids could die. All these kids could die. And of course, one of them ended up dying and Zoe Zaldana's reaction sold it. That broke me. Oh my God. That was so um, good. I mean, go ahead and talk about it, Tyler. Go ahead. Like, um, the entire time I, we would see her like freak out and be emotional. I, I couldn't help but think about certain moments in the first film. And um, more particularly, it just kind of made me like kind of realize that, like when we, you know, when we see something emotional, like we just, you know, we're like, we're teared up. I thought about crying. Right. Oh, and but with her, like you just felt the emotion. She just like let it out. Mm-hmm. She just threw it all out there, especially like my favorite sequence would be um, her and Jake going back onto the ship. Yeah, uh, and mm-hmm. Eclipse, and you just saw her tear shit up. Like, first time, that was cool. The second time, like, she was just brutal. She was cutting fools up and everything. And right when you saw a spider, you're like, he realized he's like, she's going to kill me. I got to hide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because she didn't care. If you're a human, you're dead. Yep. And it was like the ferocity in her eyes was just terrifying. <laughs> It scared me, man. And her emotions throughout all of this was really cool. It definitely, she didn't have as much time on screen as the first film. I mean, it's really just about the kids more so because if you need the time to do it, it's now. And, right. um, but, you know, like when she's there, she lets, she makes a present zone. And um, Zoe Zeldana is the queen of franchises. She's the queen of blockbusters. And um, anytime she's on there, she her presence is known, and she does a great job. And this movie's no different. Uh, ben, I agree. Uh, yeah, I, I I still wish we had a little bit more uh, of her character, but I also uh, I kind of understand. But more of the the because I know a lot of it is about the kids, but maybe a little more of the parenting too. Because um, Jake did a lot of scolding and and parenting and stuff but um but she has a few good moments there and then she's her character's yeah total 
badass when we see her uh, in the beginning fights and then especially at the end on the on the boat and everything. Uh, special shout out, though, to the whale. He made a big comeback in my heart because uh, <laughs> he was wrecking a bunch of those fools. Flash. <laughs> yeah, excellent. <laughs> um, that's that's the way of water. Um, but he <laughs> he would sometimes he just go up and he's like, oh, I'm hurt, and they'd shoot a rocket, and he'd like just move his head, and it would go <laughs> and explode another. Oh my gosh, yeah, he he did a lot of damage here at the end, which I really enjoyed. But yeah, a lot a lot of that action at the end, like we've been saying, was excellent. I mean, there's there's shades of Titanic, obviously, within that third act, you know, the sinking ship and everything. But, you know, like I said, it's those stakes with the family and any one of them could die at any moment. I mean, the, the Terry and Tuck trying to, you know, just trying to get to safety. That Yeah. I was like clutching. I was like, don't mm-hmm. you dare kill this fucking kid. Don't you dare kill this fucking kid. Um, And I think, you know, I don't think we're going to see another Avatar kid die or Sully kid die. But this felt like the beginning of the passing of the torch. Like we could see Jake or Nateri die in this third film. I totally agree with that. I got the same feeling because right right when I walked out, I'm like, Jake's going to die and it's going to be a low act story. Mm-hmm. I got that for certain. And like what I like about low act too is like you really saw shades of, of Jake. You really saw him in the past movie really just of his recklessness, his um, independence, and really you saw like a distinct, I wouldn't call it like leadership like Nateam or even like the uh, chief of uh, the Medicaina, but um, he definitely had the, the mindset of doing what he believes is right and um, making sure that he could do anything he can to do it. And, you know, that was Jake throughout the uh, first movie. And um, I really liked that parallel there. And um, honestly, whoever this kid is playing Moloch, um, I think I bought him throughout. I would say Sam Worthington, he did a great better, great, great better, a better job of, uh, Portraying Jake Sully in this movie, I don't know if he was more comfortable or what, but the first movie, he just kind of felt like he was the passing grade. Just kind of felt like it was just a basic um, role, basic character. It was just kind of getting you there, but you kind of got into it when you needed to show out, you showed out. And um, I mean, you better next to Zoe Saldana. I mean, you, you can't, you can't call it quits that day, but um I feel like Loak, that kid did a great job of um, coming to set and making sure he um, made sure that he did everything he could in each scene and brought his best to it. Um, and I also want to just praise James Cameron. I'm finding, for the most part, because we talked about Spider already, of uh, how we're not the biggest fan of his performance. But... Um, I think James Cameron did a great job of finding the right actors to portray these kids. Um, who knew that a lady in her 60s or 70s could portray a kid? I mean, I never thought we would find a kid actor like that. That was a great job, James. Who, who thought 
to go to go forward, you gotta go backwards. So good job to you. Well, I mean, Ben said it like it took me a minute with Sigourney. I was like, I don't know. Okay, never mind. I'm in love with this character. It took a minute, but like, gosh, she she crushed. It. I mean, it's Sigourney Weaver. She's she's. I mean, she's one of the goats, right? But she man, she crushed it. She was so so freaking good in this movie, guys. Like I said, she's probably my favorite amongst the Silly Children because I think she's gonna have the biggest arc aside from Milwaukee. In terms of the silly kids, I think her and Laura can have the two biggest arcs going forward. They're setting up something with her and Ayla that we that they're they're whether that's gonna happen in the next film or the fourth film, I don't know. But they're setting something up there. And I can't wait to figure see what transpires from that storyline. Yeah, and I'm excited for that because um I saw it with one of my friends who likes watching movies, but he's not like us where we watch movies. I mean, some would say too much, but I say no, we do. you're we boring if you don't. I'm we saying you're boring if you don't. So it's your problem, not mine. But anyway, um, but, uh, when he was watching the movie, like every now and again, especially when it was Kiri, he was just like, oh, she has a special connection to Awa. And I'm like, yep, yep, sure. And like, you could just, everybody in, this, in my theater could feel it. Everybody was into it. And, um, in particular, like, um, like what I really liked about it and what really got me interested was this how it started and how it picked up from the first movie where the first movie, um, Sigourney dies, is transferred into the spirit tree to Awa. And when this movie starts, we find out that her avatar has conceived a kid which um, that was part of kind of the rushed first five minutes or something like that. But at the same time, it was just like, whoa, hold on. And it was like a very interesting moment of finding out of like, what is going on with this character? Mm -hmm. Like with Lowak, we understand what's going on with Natam. We know what's going on with Took. I mean, she's just a kid enjoying life. There's, it's just good to go. And with um, Spider too, but with her, it's just this mystery that carries all the way through but you're just locked in because you just kept seeing nuggets and nuggets and nuggets of what she's capable of what she could mean um i was really hoping that we would see the uh the sahik of uh the water tribe to um because she saw her really interacting with creatures and just meditating with water and she's like Hmm, and I'm like, oh, do you know something? Is there a prophecy? What aren't you telling me? What aren't you telling me, lady? And I was just like so hooked to it every time Carrie was on screen. And um, I'm just gonna go out and say I'm very interested to see what this means for later sequels if we ever get to see them. Especially, I think it's four or five when we eventually get to Earth. Five and is supposed what... to be the one where we go to Earth. Earth, uh, yeah. Earth, not Earth. Um, That's why I said Earth. No, Earth. You know, like in uh, Independence Day. Oh, Jesus Christ, Tyler. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but anyway, um, I can't wait for Will Smith in that movie. But... Oh, Lord. Okay. Okay. Wrap it up, Tyler. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is I'm interested to see what that will mean when we get to Earth and um, what her connection to nature really means in that aspect because there's they're going back and forth of like they're the destiny of earth and humans is 
directed is connected greatly to Pandora because Earth is dying. Earth is has no green, and uh, it's basically Krypton at this point in a way. And I'm very interested to see what that goes, where that goes, not just a plot um, way, but also just what it means for Kiri because it's almost as if she's like the quote-unquote Anakin Skywalker of this story. And what I mean by that is more so like there is a greater purpose for her and there's like just more that's going to be um, brought into the story. But um, I feel like it's going to be very interesting and uh, different. You want to add on to that, Ben? Not really. Just <laughs> Same with me. I'm interested to see uh, where these characters go. And yeah, hopefully with uh, in retrospect, some of the nitpicks will you know, be easier to overlook. Yeah, my buddy and I are on the ride back home. We were kind of talking about like, does Jake have a family? outside of like back on earth that he just like completely ignored i don't know <laughs> if they mentioned that in the first film or not tyler i can't remember they talked about in the first movie he had a twin brother right. who died so that's his and avatar, I, yeah and i'm pretty sure they kind of led it to believe that he was the only family he had left okay and uh, i mean they're twins so like that was easier for his dna to um connect to his brother's avatar so what we see is his brother's avatar not really uh jake Sully, but um which that's interesting to think about sometimes but um i have to my understanding they kind of led it to believe that um jake didn't really have anything else to go to mm-hmm. other than to follow where uh his brother his brother's footsteps were going to lead towards um so i don't think so i think also, where he is in um, Pandora, it's almost like that is his new home, and he had nothing else to go back to. So I think, like, also of like how he just makes that his home. Like he shares like no love or really any thoughts about humanity. Like he's completely bought in and thinks of himself as one of the Navi. So I don't think that's going to be a thing as far as like we're going to see you know, his third cousin or something like that, or his girlfriend from the second grade. I don't know. But um, I, I don't think they're going to build on that. That's and by the see. point... Oh, you want to see the second go- second grade girlfriend? <laughs> okay. Cool. Yeah, I want to see um, uh, yeah, the, high, the, high, the high school prom date. What's, what's she up to okay. these days? <laughs> okay. Maybe he can get Jamie Lee Curtis for that role. We'll see. No, don't you even... God <laughs> I'm joking, but anyway, um, I think by the point we get to Earth, like we talked about earlier, it might not even be the story anymore, so it won't even matter. Yeah, you know, because who knows, by the time we get to Avatar 5, what Earth is even, what kind of condition the Earth is in at that point. Um, Okay, so like, as we start wrapping this up here, guys, let's, you know, any other nitpicks or praises you want to give, like, I, we haven't talked, there's two characters we haven't talked about a lot. Uh, one of them, I love Kate Winslet. One of the, one of the goats, Ben. Eh, she was, you know, she was fine here. But on the other hand, they didn't really give her a whole lot to do. So I kind of forgive her for that. You know, she was fine at what she was given, but you know, Kate Winslet's been better. So that was Kate. So she learned to breathe underwater for seven minutes, or hold her breath underwater for seven minutes. She broke Tom Cruise's record, actually, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Get when was she underwater? Cruise. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, top that Tom Cruise. When the whales, I think, I think it was this when, when the whales come back to the reef. Um, I think she has a moment underwater for a little bit where she's talking to okay. him. Okay. Okay. I mean, it, yeah, it's amazing feat to do, uh, regardless. But yeah, now hearing hearing some of that stuff that was crazy before, I was like, oh well. Uh, and I know they filmed that underwater, and of course it looks amazing with it looking uh, more realistic. But yeah, I guess easier to take longer and more takes when you can hold your breath that long. But anyway, she was okay. That was the other character I was going to mention real quick was the chief's daughter. Um, I liked her, and they definitely you I know, did building, too. They're building building up the romance um, between her and uh, Tawak. So you know, I'm. I also Lowak, really liked her design. Maybe, yeah, that's okay. I, that's fine. I'll let you slide with one. Um, but uh, I really liked her character. I also like really liked her design. Maybe just because I watch anime too much, because there's just those big eyes, and I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Whatever. Um, but um, yeah, she had, she had a good design. Um, I like her character design. She had a good design, but um, I thought she did a really good job. She didn't. The the actress didn't have that much to work with always it wasn't like she had as much to give in the story as Lowak. um but every time she was there with him like she brought it and um i wish we i want to have more time with that character um because it feels like this is the next natiri jake Sully kind of thing oh absolutely um and i want to see what she's like what her um complexities as a character is um, she definitely has a different vibe than the Tiri by far. And um more graceful. More graceful. One hundred percent. Yeah, less uh I'm gonna murder you in your sleep mm-hmm. um kind of side. But um she I'm really interested to see more of her in the future. But um I think what we really see the best of her is um when it is well we see a little bit in the trailer when he's talking about he's like all they see is an outsider and she's like there's more into that scene but when she basically um kind of like acknowledges hey there is something more to your connection with him Uh and that sort of thing and i see you and you just really feel um her earnestness and um her emotion in that scene and just of her empathy she definitely feels like way more empathetic Uh um but yeah she she's not a major character but she definitely brings her all into the performance no they are going to do a lot more with her i feel like moving forward um i think too tyler like they don't do a lot in building that chemistry between her and and lawak just yet but they the, the seeds have been planted of this is probably going to be our next Jake and the Terry Avatar 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 12, 20. And then eventually when they meet up with the Fast and Furious gang to team up to take down Thanos. So, all right, calm, calm down, sir. Calm down. <laughs> calm down, pound Alps Wall from freaking Parks and Rec with your filibuster. <laughs> freaking guy. There's only going, I don't know, like, um, do, do we want to get into that next to feature this? The franchise. Oh, Mr. Cameron. <sighs> I mean, what else is left to be said about Mr. Cameron that we haven't said already? I mean, look, am I I'm I'm curious as to why he's only doing Avatar films for the rest of his career. 
But then you see something like Way of the Water. It's like, yeah, no one else can touch this franchise but him. There's an interview where he talked about how if he he wants somebody else for like four and five to uh, pick up the the pieces. However, he did say um, uh, that uh, if that were to happen, he basically would have to train them how to make these movies. For a a year. Yeah. For a year, which is kind of ridiculous and crazy. But at the same time, like, it's just, this is 100% his baby. Um, Like, he had this idea in his mind. Like, in an interview, he said um, he had his idea in his mind since, uh, I don't know, I think when he was 15. So, this is just something that uh, he, like, was in his mind and he's been drawing in books and writing in journals and, you know, also working in VHS houses and getting everything worked on and getting the technology worked up like almost his entire life. So I can't imagine anybody else doing that because it's basically James Cameron. It really is all that he is. In those yeah, films. There is one director out there and he would never do it. But Martin Scorsese, yeah, no, <laughs> but someone like a Denis Villeneuve could carry the reins. But I don't feel the, I don't feel the, uh, the wonder and imaginativeness of Denis Villeneuve like I see on a Cameron. I feel, I feel like Spielberg has that more. Yeah, but Spielberg doesn't want to touch his franchise. I bet so. Yeah, um, I think Spielberg like for has that, like five other projects he's got work coming up anyway. So not to mention that all these dudes are old and you really just need like a young filmmaker who is just game to kind of learn from Cameron and mm-hmm. just not have an ego about it and just be like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. Yeah. And just kind of take on the reins, but also has the same fire and the same creativity that Cameron has to have appreciation for what he's creating. Imagine that pressure, though, Tyler, because if, all right, you bring in a young guy. If that first movie he does is Avatar Four and it sucks, his career, <laughs> yeah, his career, yeah. his, it's done, it's over. Yeah, but um, you know, you got to take those risks, especially in in that industry, whether it's Avatar Four or if it's Get Out. You know, it, it could be your own movie that's your first one, or it could be something that's a big franchise. It just like it comes with the territory. But at the same time, uh, don't. Make sure you're the right person for the job and you're mm-hmm. not just making yourself do it because uh, that's when you screw up. Because Cameron asked you to do it, right? Exactly. So, I mean, look, this is Cameron's ninth film. Ninth film. Yeah. yeah. It's probably in my top five. I still have Terminator 2. It's definitely 2. in my top five. I think Terminator 2 and Aliens are still better. But then I, a conversation should be had for Way of the Water for me, purpose, for me personally. Probably in that number right. three spot. A stunning achievement for him. I mean, he's going to get a lot of praise and a lot of nominations this award season, rightfully deserved. The villains, Spider, and the runtime, just those are my three biggest weakness, you know, negative. That and you don't, that and uh, you don't like people keeping you from going to the bathroom. So. I think, exactly. Thank you, Tyler. So, it's really, it's like, I really hate going to the bathroom during movies. It's just weird. But, you know, I feel like now, Tyler, if I go back and see this again, during that wheel section, I will go back and or I will go use the bathroom during that wheel scene. 
because that, that goes on for about 15 minutes too long. So yeah, I, I probably have it as my third favorite Cameron film right now. And it's probably going to stay there. Right, what about you, Tyler? As you watch your Rams uh, still sucking. You know, it is what it is. I'm looking into the next season and I don't have faith right now. But anyway, um, like I don't have faith in my uh, fantasy because uh, I'm doing my I'm I'm like the ship in the end of the movie. I'm sinking um, into the ocean by Blue October. But anyway, so oh, don't be so dramatic. That's who I am. But um, for me, I definitely agree. I think D two is definitely his best film. Um, definitely in my top three. You got to remember with James Cameron. Um, he just knows how to do sequels. Yeah. Um, um, he just knows what to do with that. But it's also just his, he likes to challenge himself to do one up better. Like if there's like, well, this is a challenge, he'll figure a way of how to do it. Um, especially in Terminator 2, when they were figuring out how to do the T-1000. And of course he had ILM to help out with that. But at the same time, it's like, no, like he, He's like a George Lucas in my mind where he's really pushed the technical aspects of filmmaking to really um, bring some of the greatest spectacles and um, blockbusters. And um, you definitely see it in this movie and you see it then some. And, you know, what? It, to me, when I saw that movie, I'm like, I feel like I've seen the next 20 to 30 years of what cinema is going to look like in one film. So... That definitely should be in the top. What about you, Ben? Uh, well, I still have not seen three, two or three of the James Cameron's films, so uh, hard for me to rank. But it it is uh, middle or upper, lower upper tier, <laughs> I guess. All right, so let's let's talk about the box office because it's 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 happening. People are calling this a failure, um, a disappointment. And to those people, I'm going to tell you the exact same thing I said when we talk about Black Panther Wakanda forever. Shut the fuck up. This movie doubled its box office from the first one. Almost doubled. Because the first one made like $77 million worldwide. Or domestically opening weekend. But it had legs. It had staying power. This is kind of in the same boat. There is nothing big coming out in theaters until February 3rd when Knock at the Cabin releases. Um, you have like your horror film here that 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 Megan movie, which actually I've been hearing good things about. Oh, yeah. Um that's Blumhouse. Blumhouse movies make like ten, twelve million dollars, but they made their budget back over the weekend. So it's it's incredible what Blumhouse does. Um but to your credit, like there's no big blockbuster movie yeah. that you would occupy in IMAX nope. or any big format or three D <laughs> well, for the next on, like two or three months. Hold on, Tyler. Tom Cruise might put Tom Cut Maverick back in theaters again in January. Well, I mean, season. that's true. That's true. But I mean, who's to say that James Cameron does that with his film from time to time? Oh, he's going to do it. Oh, no, he's, he's going to do, do it. it. And I think people are going to do it because in my theater, I mean, it was a Friday night. And even though we were in IMAX 3D, which was absolutely the way to see it in my mind, um, and everybody did too, but everybody clapped in that movie at the end and to me that just says everybody will go back yeah and everybody will bring more friends to go see it and um you know you could look at the domestic and yeah 143 million is a good 
start, especially when you look at the fact that the global is 435 million. That is almost a quarter of what James Cameron said he needed to reach, and he did that in three days. It's going to make money. We'll see how much it makes because, you know, $2 billion is still a bunch. But at the same time, if there's a movie to do it, I think it would be this one, especially, I mean, this movie, I think it's going to have as much conversation as the first one and it's like, like the first one did, and people are just going to keep going and going. And, you know, like you said, it's at that period of time where they're going to see it. And, you know, people only want to hate on it because of the fact of, like, James Cameron mentioned that I need to make so much money to break even. Right. And, you know, like, they're scoffing at it, but, oh, it didn't make one billion in one weekend? Oh. It's going to fail. I'm just like, y'all going to look stupid in a month or two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, well, go ahead, Ben. What, what, what are you, any thoughts? Um. Yeah, I just looked up the numbers earlier today, and it was, yeah, interesting. I, I hope, hope it does have that staying power, and especially coming to Christmas time, people, for the holiday season, uh, people, you know, going out and and families going out to to watch it, definitely help it too. Now, Tyler, there is one thing holding this back from getting a lot of those repeat viewings, and well, really, it's two things. One of them is not as big as the other, though. The one that's not that big of a deal is streaming. Now, with streaming, we have definitely seen that's hurt films at the box office, right? I think Black Panther, Wakanda Forever would have made a lot more money. But a certain demographic, a certain audience would rather just wait until it comes out on Disney+. Plus. That older crowd going in Avatar's favor, James Cameron's not going to let this go on Disney+, Plus for months. He's going to let this sit. He might not put this on Disney+, Plus until the summertime which is fine by me. I don't care. But so I think that hurt. I think that hurts and helps. Same time. I mean, you know, back when, um, back in 2020, when, you know, they were talking about when he was making the movie, he was worried about would the movie ever be released because the existence of movie theaters were at a breaking point at that time. And to be honest with you, like, I was worried about that, but, you know, the movie is released. It's still making money. And I don't know about you, but to me, Top Gun Maverick kind of proved people are going to go out and see movies again and to the theater. And um, especially in stretched out run um, run times in theaters, um, they're definitely going to go out and see it. And I think that, you know, despite the fact that we have streaming now, um, I think the fact that James Cameron is this far, he's not going to give up and he's going to have his way and he's going to convince Disney to be like, Hey, it's going to make money. Don't kill it. Don't sink the ship. Like I did just wait. And uh, it's going to work out. And um, if there's anybody who's going to convince a big studio to let that happen, it's going to be James Cameron because he's proven before that he can make money. So just piggybacking off that. I think I think it's gonna hurt some a little bit. People are were wary of that three hour runtime, right? Three hour runtime that that does scare people away. Let's, let's not act like it doesn't because it does. Now Top Gun Maverick, you're right, Tyler. People went back to see it, and it definitely helped. 
but Top Gun Maverick also wasn't three and a, three almost three and a half hours long. Uh, End game was okay. Well, let's not compare End Game's way of the water. End game was an event. Almost there's a bigger there's a bigger audience and a bigger crowd for Marvel than there is. For oh Avatar. whatever, no, it's similar, man. I. Mm. Mm. It's similar. Look, I know you're gonna mm. not like me say it in one minute, mm. but it's, they're both big movies. Mm-mm. I'm not saying I'm not saying they're the same movie. I'm not saying one is better than the other, <laughs> you buddy. Better, no, you better not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just saying, like they both have the same notoriety, and you're still not gonna agree with me on that. I'm not that's okay. I'm it's okay. Not. You could just you could beat yourself in this section. But uh, basically, like, you know, I think it's going to happen because the Batman was pretty close and it made a good amount of money, too. And I think, well, everybody's not going to well, want to watch a three hour film. WB fucked that movie um, by, putting on HB, by putting on HBO Max a month later. They, they fucked that movie big time. They did. But um, basically, where I'm getting at is I think while you're right, three-hour runtime does scare people, but I feel like with certain films, it's been proven that people will go out to see the movie despite the runtime. I mean, you look at some of the biggest movies of all time, including Endgame, which was uh, three hours. You look at um, the first Avatar, which was two and a half hours, close to three. You look at Return of the King, that was three hours. That was a long movie, and it was... the biggest movie of its time um and i think it is definitely possible despite its runtime to be honest with you i i'm not saying it's not gonna make money this movie's gonna make a shit ton of money i'm just saying let's 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 i don't, i think we pump the brakes about two billion i don't think it's gonna happen not in this current climate we're in where less people are going to the movies these days i think we've seen the days of the two billion dollar film kind of end for a while then I don't think we're going to send a $2 billion film for a minute here. Well, like Tyler said, if anyone can do it, it's Cameron. I think Cameron and Marvel are the only two franchises right now that can attempt to make a $2 billion. And more specifically, if it has Avengers in the title. So now, if No Way Home, under certain circumstances, different circumstances, probably would have made $2 billion. Probably. Um, it came close, and that was during a pandemic. So right now I think it's going to be like 1.5 1.6 somewhere around there um, because of no competition until really really Ant-Man the Wasp that's not for another two months so that's that's kind of where I'm at with that Tyler so we'll have to wait and see uh, Ben anything else box office you want to add yeah it's got a long way to go I guess like you're saying too um Kind of pulled up the overall grosses in the box office. So yeah, I'm yeah, I guess around No Way Home numbers. I would agree. If that's what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, around yeah. there. Yeah. Around there, No Way Home numbers. Because uh, like I said, because No Way Home had the same similar situation with Avatar, it didn't have any competition for a few for a right. minute. So Right. So well, We'll see it report back. Yeah, this so I can just say Tyler, you were wrong. So uh, yeah, guys, this was <laughs> I see your face, Tyler. Um that will do it for our Avatar, the way of water spoiler review. 
uh, closing thoughts, Tyler, and where can people find you online? I encourage anybody who hasn't seen the film to check it out, um, even if it's just one time. Uh, go see it with a family. Go, like, go out and see it in the weekend. Um, if you're not doing anything, check it out. Um, spend the money. You can complain about the price as much as you want, but if it's just a one-time affair, who really cares at that point? I mean, you spent uh, $700 on gifts, so who are you to say about spending money? I'm just saying. But anyway, I definitely recommend it. Go check it out. Don't knock it until you try it. And you can find me on Instagram, the Beckett Outlook, and uh, Tyler Beckett on Letterboxd. Ben, closing thoughts. Good picture. Yeah. I I enjoyed my time with it uh, overall, probably like a B B plus for me. Um, But yeah, definitely better than I expected, I guess, because I was still on that cautious train. Uh, Like kind of like you were, Rod, but but still a little more apprehensive. No. Apprehensive. Apprehensive is the correct term. So uh, anyway, but yeah, I, I had a great time. Yeah, saw with Anna and my friend Michael and my brother, and and we had a blast and talked about it afterwards. And it was just like old times uh, outside the theater. So yes, go see it. Um, yeah, Rod. Yeah, for me, uh, Aaron proved me wrong. I wasn't really looking forward to another Avatar movie until that second trailer came out, honestly. And that second trailer sold me and. He, he, it was, I was forward. I was really forward. Even though we did talk a lot about the nitpicks and stuff, this is a visual spectacle meant to be seen on the biggest screen possible, but it's also more than anything, more look, the visuals are great and outstanding, but I think what really impressed me here was the family dynamic was just so strong and so emotionally heavy or emotionally satisfying. And I now I'm excited for Avatar 3. I can't believe those words came out of my mouth. But yeah, I, Avatar 3, I'm actually more looking forward to now. And then you can find us at the Infinity Film Podcast on Instagram. And you can email us your thoughts on Avatar, where the water was too long. Was it uh, just the right, was it like, like, like Tyler, was it just the right amount? Um, did you feel, do you feel like you want to go to Pandora now? Let us know. Do they have flights to Pandora, Ben? I'll check on my Delta app, see if there's flights to Pandora. What do you think, Tyler? First class ticket to Pandora. I don't know. Uh, I could talk with my friend uh, Bezos and see if he could get you there. <laughs> it's a long flight, but yeah, well, yeah, we can we can take you on his penis ship. We got you. Oh, Jesus! Okay. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> for myself, for Ben, for the uh, very imaginative Tyler Beckett. Thank you guys so much for listening. And until next time, guys. Actually, what's next week? Next week is our most anticipated list, our most anticipated films of 2023. So look forward to that coming out next week. Um, And then, of course, week after, we will be dropping our best of the year. Will Avatar make my list or Ben's list? Two weeks from now, you guys will find out. So in the meantime, Ben, Tyler, happy holidays. Happy holidays to all the guests out there. Have fun with your family, your friends. And we'll see you next time, guys. I see you. <laughs>